Good evening to everyone listening. Hello and welcome to In the Cage, episode three. My name is Zach Zaylor. Across from me is Scott Fetzko. We are here on Thursday night. And Scott, how's your week going so far? Not bad. A lot of a lot of fun stuff going on in the MMA world. Excited to uh, break down the third podcast going the consecutive weeks. So uh, we're on a roll. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. And to everyone out there listening to us, um, thank you for listening. I know some of you listening out there, you accidentally listened to last our first one rather than last week's, but that's okay. I know the app is new to some people, but if you are listening, we are on Google Podcasts, we're on Pocket Cast, we're on Spotify. So if you don't like using Anchor, make sure you get out there and find us. We're everywhere but iTunes. We're still waiting to get approved to be on iTunes, so if you don't like using Anchor, like I said, Pocket Cast, Google Play, and Spotify are three of the big ones that we're on, but from that, uh, let's go ahead and, and get right into it. So the first thing we're going to do is a recap of USC Calgary, and Scott, tell us what happened. Yeah, so uh, pretty exciting card, especially from a, being a cable standpoint. Um, you know, you've got a lot of former champions, a lot of people you know, still in their athletic prime, at least as fighters. It's not like a typical cable card where you're either getting people you might not know yet or people who are on the way out. You've got some of the top contenders in their weight classes and guys who, guys and girls who've held belts, you know, in the last two to three years. So exciting fights, top matchups, uh, definitely one that uh, I was excited to tune into. We'll go ahead and just kind of hop into my picks um, and comparison, comparing those, you know, along with what the actual results were. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and put my hand up. On the first fight, Alex Hernandez versus Olivier Aboun Mercier. Um, I I didn't do enough research on Alex Hernandez. I actually did watch Alex Hernandez fight earlier this year. I think it was his first fight in the UFC. Um, yeah, it was, and he had fought uh, Benil Darouche, and he was a heavy underdog in that fight. Starched him within the first 42 seconds. Pretty impressive knockout, uh, and he's on a roll right now in the UFC. He got that win on Saturday night. Um, I did call for a decision. I called it the wrong way, so. That one I did get wrong, but uh, I definitely like uh, Alex Hernandez. I'd like to see him maybe get some looks. He's already technically in the, in the top 15 of, of the USC rankings. I'd like to see him maybe continue to fight guys in that. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him going against maybe a Dan Hooker. I think those guys are two pretty strong strikers, would make for a very exciting fight. So uh, I'll be interested to see who they book him with. I don't know if we go, all the, we go right into the top 10, but I, if I did say who I'd like to see him fight next, definitely Dan Hooker would be, be a favorite for me. Um, into the next fight, this is where I started getting things right. Um, we have Joanna Janjacic versus Tisha Torres. And uh, with that fight, I called for a second-round knockout by Joanna. Incorrect. It was, did go to a decision on that one. Uh, did call for Joanna, but not the right, not the right at least, way of winning. Um, definitely a different fight to see uh, Joanna fighting in. She's been fighting in a lot of title fights, so she went three rounds this time. She clearly won. I think she won every round. The only thing is that I wasn't as impressed as I normally I normally am by her. She's usually a pretty uh, pretty dominating fighter with whoever she goes against. Um, it's kind of at a point now with her though where it's it's a little confusing as to what's next because she's beaten everyone in the top five. Um, Tisha Torres is five. Karolina Kovalevich being four. Um, Claudia Gadeja being number three. You've got um, Jessica Andrade at number two, and then obviously she is at one. She's cleaned house on all of those as, as the champion or not. And she's already fought Rose twice for the title, and she's lost both times. 
Um, I'm not really sure what's next for her. If I had to really say what I think would be best, she's got star power. You'd like to see her in title fights. I don't want to see her fight Rose again. Let's maybe see if we can get her in a strawweight fight. Or sorry, not strawweight. Uh, bump her up to a flyweight fight once that women's flyweight division gets rolling a little more. They just booked the uh, – or they recently booked the women's flyweight title for the card in September. So maybe see her get in the mix there. She can definitely do it there. She's a big strawweight. So we'll see what, go, what they go from there with her. That's what I'd like to see. Next fight we had Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens. Uh, picked the right fighter in this one. Didn't pick it the right way. But Jose Aldo did come away with the first round uh, TKO. Just a powerful body shot to Jeremy Stevens and then finished him on the ground. Um, Jose Aldo still is is the guy, or at least one of the guys in in the featherweight division when it comes to the top fighters. Um, he obviously has the two losses to Max, which I don't really think we want to get him right back into a title shot. And plus, we want to get Max against Brian Ortega and go from there. Wouldn't mind seeing him maybe getting a fight against I don't know, Frankie Edgar for the third time, maybe the winner of the uh, the, the Cub Swanson, uh, Renato Mon- Moncoyo fight that we have coming up at UFC 227. There's a lot of ways you can go with him, but he's always exciting to watch. And it was exciting to see him get a get a big win the way he did with that uh, with that knockout. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll see where they where they go with him on that. But that's what I'd like to see, maybe get that third match with Frankie or you know so, some somebody. Maybe one more fight and then consider consider the title. I don't know. I, I'd like to see him fight Frankie. That's always a good fight. Uh, and then on to the championship. I actually got this one right. Uh, we had Dustin Poirier versus Eddie Alvarez. Um, not without controversy when it comes to these two. I mean, the last fight we had the no contest with the illegal knees. This one, Eddie Alvarez is in a dominate, dominant position, looking really good. Um, against Poirier, ha- having him up against the cage, goes with the north sa- or the, the 12 to 6 elbow. Um, can't do that. That's Unfortunately, one of the dumbest rules that we have, but it is a rule. Had to stand him up after that. And then from there, Poirier pretty much handled the fight at that point and ended up knocking him out. So Poirier's on a roll. I mean, he's – it's unfortunate that with with kind of where the, the lightweight division stands because he really should be somebody who his next fight should be a, a title shot. But, you know, we need to clear the air with Connor and Khabib. We'll see when that happens. Um, just in his last couple fights, he's got a win over Jim Miller, the no contest with Eddie. You know, let's we'll scrap that the win against Anthony Pettis, the win against Justin Gaethje, the win against Eddie Alvarez, a lot of these fights coming within a calendar year almost, at least four of them. Uh, this this guy needs to needs to get either one more fight and then to the championship or maybe wait and then just take it against whoever wins between Connor and Khabib if that's what they're wanting to give him. I wouldn't mind seeing him fight maybe a – I mean, if, if, we can, if we can bring him out, uh, Nate Diaz, maybe that, that could maybe play up for a big, if Connor wins, maybe Nate and Connor again, I don't know. Uh, if, if Nate wins, that is. And if not Nate, cause it's been, it's been tough to get him to go. I wouldn't mind seeing a Tony Ferguson uh, videos came out today. He's looking healthy. He's back to working out. I think that's a, that's a solid matchup for Poirier. That's a true number one contender matchup. Um, I think that's, that's probably, probably the best for, from a purist, that's the best fight to see. So I'd, I'd say probably Tony versus Dustin. So based off of that, what do you think this win does for Poirier, Scott? Yeah, like I said, I just it puts him in a spot where it's unfortunate with with where the UFC is now that you know obviously the the entertaining fights are what we're going for. We've talked about this before. Um, there there there's no doubt that Khabib and Connor should be the next lightweight fight. Connor was the champion, was stripped. Khabib is now the champion. They've got the the beef. We want to see that fight first and foremost. But I just don't know what direction we go in if Connor wins. Um, Dustin should be the next guy to fight. If not, 
you know, he's got to fight maybe one more, like I said, a Tony. Uh, but from his all overall perspective, like where he stands in the lightweight division, I mean, he's he he's done everything he he needs to do to get a to get a title shot. It's just kind of the the position that the UFC's in, the position that the lightweight division's in. It's just a little tough for him. Um, I, I like watching him fight. He's been on a roll. He's in his prime right now. Um, I, if anyone deserves it right now, it's him. That's all I have to say. So outside of Poirier, who do you think should be the next matchup based off of who fought last weekend in Calgary? Yeah, so I, again, Poirier, probably Tony. That's my pick. Um, I'm going to say Aldo. Let's, let's maybe run it back with Frankie. Um, and then – Joanna, I, I, she needs to go up to strawweight. That's that's the move. Um, I just she's not. I mean, what's she gonna do? Fight, you know, six to ten. She's beating everyone. One, you know, two to five. She's one, She's number one. She's not gonna beat Rose. They they don't need to do a third fight. She beat her two times in a row. Let's just move on from that for a little bit. Um, and then Alex Hernandez. I yeah, definitely think Dan Hooker. That's that's a definitely a good stand up striking match. I'd like to see. And they're both top fifteen guys. They both are are you know definitely making waves in in their weight class. Whoever wins that fight definitely is going to jump up into the top 10. So the future of UFC for the next few pay-per-views definitely seems like it's looking bright based on all, all these fights that could potentially be happening. Definitely some, some, some pot, some, we need to clear a few things up, but definitely some, some positives moving forward, uh, you know, especially with, with the, with the cable cards that have come out as of recently. So pretty, pretty excited to see what happens as we, as we keep going forward. So as we do every week here on In the Cage, we're going to go ahead and talk about some current events in the UFC. And Scott, I have a feeling we're going to talk about this pretty much every week until it happens. But Connor and Khabib rumors are still swirling. You know, there's everything coming out. What do you think? What's your take on it? And when do you see this fight happening? Yeah, so ever, you know, it's, it's been talked about for a while. But ever since this, the New York case with Connor has been cleared up, it's, you know, it's been, you know, just a tornado of rumors and everyone's got, you know, a different idea on what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. Is it going to be in New York in, in November? Is it going to be in Vegas in October? Is it going to be in Vegas in December? I'm hearing a lot of talks first of Vegas. So, you know, that, that leaves it down to October and December. Um, in the past week, I've, I just continue to hear from all the insiders. Rumor is October 6th. Rumor is, you know, the next, the pay-per-view in October. Um, I think at this point, there, it's, a pretty, it's becoming pretty clear that it is going to be in October. Um, I think one of the main reasons that we're not seeing this, you know, already out there from, you know, the insiders like Ariel Helwani and Brett Okamoto is, you know, UFC recently signed a pretty big deal with the ESPN. Um, and then if you remember from UFC 200, when Brock came back, Ariel Helwani broke that news, breaking that news resulted in him getting, you know, his credentials taken away from the UFC because Dana White was so pissed. Well, now that, now that Ariel Helwani is an ESPN, you know, employee, I think that he's probably keeping it a little hush. He wants to stay in the good graces of the UFC. He wants, he's obviously I mean, he's the number one reporter. He wants to you know, make sure that he isn't going to lose anything and, and any skin in the game at least. And then I have a pretty solid feeling that we're going to possibly see something come out, maybe a trailer, maybe a press conference, maybe some sort of just big announcement this Friday um, at, for UFC 227 in regards to that fight happening. Um, this is as big as it gets when it comes to a UFC fight. Uh, this is has all the potential to be, you know, a $2 million pay-per-view buy fight. This is, there's everything is, is already been laid out for them. Uh, we just need to see these two fight. They, they don't like each other. They've been beefing about it for over a year. Let's see it happen. I think this, I think we're going to hear something very soon about this. And my call is that we're going to have something come out this Friday, hopefully a world tour announced and really going to build this fight.
Well, based off of your uh, first couple episodes here being eight and three, hopefully you're right on that front as well. So Alvarez versus Poirier two resulted in the lowest ratings in UFC Fox history with low pay-per-view buys. And can you continue drop in TV viewership? What do you think this says about the way the UFC runs its current model? So I think the, the, the simple answer is, is, is probably that, you know, maybe too much isn't a good thing when it comes to this. Um, there's a pretty much a card every weekend. There's an, and, and, if it's not a name that you really know or you put a belt on it, the casual viewer might not tune in. It's very likely that they won't. Um, I think that they, they need to maybe reconsider the pay-per-view model. I don't think people are buying it. Another thing that is dropping obviously is pay-per-view buys and, and focusing more on the cable aspect, building up these stars, building up these champions, and then having pay-per-views exclusively for the people that one, you know, will sell them like, you know, the Connors, the Jones, the DCs, the, the, the cyborgs, the, the Max Holloways, the people who are going to for sure sell a card and then make those pay-per-views something special. So it's worth all the money. Um, I'm not going to take a, take a crap on this UFC 227 card. And there are two championship fights, but outside of that, it's not a very strong card. It's not something that I, 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 you know, I might not be willing to spend my, you know, my, my money on. And I, I can see that happening for a lot of fans. Um, I, I just think to, they need to build these stars more on, on, on cable, get the, get, get them familiar with that, have some, or get the, you know, the audience familiar with them, have some, some championship cards on, on cable, you know, draw us in with that and then build the stars around that. Another thing that they need to focus on too is, is, you know, they, they're always trying to scrape together these championships and, and they're, they're, they're stripping titles. They're adding interim titles. The, 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 the belt is a, is a bow on top of the card. Um, and they're making up, you know, fake belts for half these cards. Let's just add in more weight classes. Guys are having a hard enough time making weight as it is. Get a 165 division, change welterweight to 175, keep the 185, add a 195, 205, and then heavyweight. Add more belts. The fighters are there. You'll build the stars through that. You'll have more chances for, you know, double weight champions, super fights, things like that. It, it'll be more exciting that way. It's just the pay-per-view model, I feel like it's losing luster. You see, you see the boxing world kind of moving away from it. You only really see the, the cream of the cream of the crop, the biggest fights really do it on pay-per-view. Uh, ESPN's got a great platform with this ESPN plus work together on that. Make it special. I mean, I'm not the biggest WWE fan, but even they've moved away from pay-per-view. They've gone strictly to a streaming platform. I just, I don't know if the pay-per-view model is really the way to go unless it's, you know, the super fight, unless it is Connor versus Khabib, unless it is DC versus Stipe, unless it is Jones versus DC, unless it is Brock versus DC. Cause no matter what people are going to buy that. I mean, you put Brock in the ring, People are buying it. So based off of that added, you mentioned the WWE. UFC does have the UFC fight pass. Do you think that they could be using that in a better sense than they already are and maybe putting more live programming on it than they do? Yeah, because they only do the first couple fights of a card on there. And those are usually like people that no one really knows. And, and there's not the, the content on there isn't as good as what you get out of a WWE network. I mean, WWE network, you get every single fight or every single match, whatever we want to call it, that's ever happened. You get exclusive content of like TV shows, documentaries, and you get live events. And then you also, you get all the pay-per-view events. If you have seated that I'd subscribe, I'm not going to subscribe for, you know, just a couple fights that I don't really care to watch right now. Yeah. And I think even things too, like the WWE network has the, the feature where you can type in someone's name and you can type in two guys' names and see every fight that they ever wrestled. And I think if they did that 
with the UFC, a lot of more a lot more people would sign up just to see so and so fight so and so at any given time. Yeah, it's the history side. I mean, there, there's times where I, I think back and I'm like, oh, that'd be cool to watch an old fight. But at the same time, I'm not going to pay $10 a month just to watch that one old fight. And I don't think many viewers are. I think they could build a lot more around this. I think, again, with, with pairing with an ESPN Plus, you know, they could they could potentially put some stuff on that streaming platform and get people to buy into it. Top Rank is putting Manny Pacquiao, Terrence Crawford fights on ESPN Plus, and people are subscribing to watch that. Why not do it? You know, partner up with it. I'm not saying put Conor McGregor on ESPN Plus. I'm saying, you know, let's let's build some of these these fighters who – who, you know, you might like Apollo Costa, you know, putting him on cable was the smartest thing they did in the last UFC fight because he is marketable. He's, he's, he's undefeated. He, he's easy on the eyes. He's a, he's built dude. I mean, like people want to, people are going to be attracted to watching him fight. He's dominant. He knocks people out. You know, you got to build the fighters. You can't just throw them on a pay-per-view card and then expect people to pay $70 to see him if they don't even know who he is. So that's just, I mean, there's a lot that I think that goes into it. There's a lot of things that can be fixed, but I think the number one thing is we don't need a pay-per-view every month. We don't, we need better fights on cable because people have more access to it. And then, then make these pay-per-views special because then people will buy them. If there's three, four title fights on a pay-per-view card, of course I'm going to buy it. Right. I, I understand what you're saying. So UFC is shaping up to be a middleweight tournament card. Do you like this idea? Yeah. So UFC, UFC, um, 230 in New York. Uh, there's some fights that are kind of coming in that are being confirmed that are going to uh, essentially make it like a, an all middleweight card. And I, and I really like it because the middleweight division is probably, you know, if we rank them out, I'll just go one to three. Middleweight would be three, two welterweight, one lightweight when it comes to just competitiveness and star power. Um, we've already got to confirm David Branch versus Jacare Souza. That's a Brazilian lover or Brazilian jiu-jitsu lover's dream. That's going to be a great match. We've got Chris Weidman confirming that he's going to run it back with Luke Rockhold. You know, that's going to be a good fight. And then uh, UFC announced it. We're hoping that it happens, but the Paulo Costa versus Yoel Romero. A lot of star power there. A lot of all the top contenders are there. And, you know, I think having all of them fight at once gets them one on the same page so that if they want to fight each other down the road, they're, they have the same level of maybe rest or, or time to recover. Uh, and then, two, it gets a guy primed and ready for the Gaslam-Whitaker fight whenever that happens, which they're saying probably towards the start of 2019. So I like it. Uh, we saw this back at UFC 146 when they did an all-heavyweight card. Um, I, I'm, I'm completely into it. I think it's, it's kind of neat to do it. It, it definitely – keeps the guys probably on their toes because you're going to be compared to everybody in the next couple fights if you want that title shot so i'm a big fan so the interim welterweight champion colby covington and ufc president dana white went to the white house to meet president trump today what do you think about that so you know we've talked about colby a couple times on here um he's the he's the heel king he's he's he talks so much he talks the most shit he's worked his way up through all this essentially through talking shit he won the belt. He said before he won the belt, he's going to take the belt, and he was going to take it to the White House because the Philadelphia Eagles didn't do it, and uh, you know Golden State Warriors didn't do it, and all this stuff. He's just he's so good at being a heel. He's polarizing. People are going to either I I'm not going to say I love him, but I think he's hilarious. I want to see him fight, and then other people are going to hate him, and they're going to want to watch him lose. This is the big problem I have with UFC 228 pulling him out. This is he's talked his way into all these beefs, and the number one one is with Tyron Woodley. I, I'm hoping down the road we see this fight happen between him and Tyron because the beef's already there, but I just think they're missing a golden opportunity from a marketing standpoint to bring him and Tyron together. The press conference would be electric, those two talking shit. 
Um, it's it's funny. I mean, I, I saw the picture this morning, and you see Donnie's got the the belt thrown over his shoulder. Colby's wearing the Make America Great Again hat. It's just it's, it, it, and he said he was going to do it. So it's it's just it's funny. <laughs> so going off of current events, we only have four months left here in 2018, which I think is absolutely crazy. So what are the top five fights you think we need to see before 2019 happens? And if you could, could you start at five instead of one? Yeah, so so five, and this is, and I'm going to take this in a, in, a, in, a, in a little bit of different approach because I think there's a lot of ways we can interpret the fights that I'm going to do here. But number one, number five, I'm going to just go ahead and say we need to we need to see Nate Diaz fight anyone. Um, he's just, he, you know, because maybe it's because he's he's got the mouth to talk, or it's because of the Connor fights. He's got star power. Uh, I, like I said, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight an Anthony Pettis. I wouldn't mind seeing him fight. Dustin Poirier to kind of boost Dustin Poirier's star power, win or lose. We need to see Nate Diaz get get in the ring with anyone in the top ten of the, of the lightweight division. I, I want to see him fight. I, I know that Con, you know the Connor Khabib is the talk, but I still want to see that third fight between him and Connor. That those press conferences are electric. Connor versus Diaz two is still the number one pay per view fight. Um, I, we just got to we got to get this guy back in. It's been over two years since we've seen him fight. Um, it's, it's time for that to happen. Number four, um, is, is again, kind of taking a different approach here, but this is, we need to get some, some resolution to the lightweight division. Uh, is, is DC going to come back down and fight and defend that, that light heavyweight championship, or are we going to maybe see an interim belt or have him stripped and see a fight for with Gustafson or maybe an Anthony Smith, a Volkan, Oz- Volkan Ozdemir? Something's got to happen there in, in the light heavyweight division. It's just stagnant at this point. No one really knows what's going on. Um, I'd like to see DC come down and fight if he's not going to fight Brock for a while. But if he isn't going to cut that weight, which is a lot for him based off how much he weighed in the last fight, let's hand it over, bring in bring in one of the, the young guys or bring in one of these dogs who wants to fight and and, and keep the divisions going because we want to see these matchups. Uh, number three, uh, that's definitely going to be – I want to see Chris Cyborg. I want to see um, – I'm drawing a blank on her name. Hold on one second. Amanda Nunes, I apologize for that. Long day. Amanda Nunes versus Chris Cyborg. This is the fight to make. They're having a hard time finding people to meet, match up, and fight against Cyborg. Amanda Nunes wants to fight Cyborg. These are two dominant champions in their respective weight classes. And I think Amanda Nunes shouldn't have a ton of problem going up to a higher weight class now. Cyborg's a beast. She's like the, she's, I, I, I would never pick against her. But I think, that, you know, Nunes de- definitely provides a solid challenge for those two to go against each other. So, uh, definitely want to see that happen because we haven't seen Cyborg fight in a while. And the last fight was kind of like just like a gimme. They just got her in there with somebody who she was obviously going to beat. Um, you couldn't even bet for her to win because it was going to be – it was so obvious. You could only bet the round she could win in. So I am 100% want to see that fight because she's the, the definitely one of the more dominant champions, you know, we've ever seen. So we'd really like to see Cyborg fight. Two is John Jones versus USADA. We need a resolution on this this case. This needs to be cleared up. Um, I want to know when he's coming back because I want to see him fight again. I want to know, is he going to be suspended longer? Is it over? Can we get him versus DC? Can we get him versus somebody? Because love him or hate him, uh, John Jones is one of the most dominant athletes we've ever seen in the UFC. Again, love him or hate him, drug test or not, he has never really lost a fight. He has the one disqualification because, again, of the 12 to 6 elbows, which, is again – I think everyone can agree is a dumb rule, 
but he's he just he's electric to watch and he's he's very if you can respect dominance you want to watch John Jones basically what I'm trying to say and then number one I've said it again I'll say it again and I'll say it again Connor versus Khabib we got to see this fight um, this is the fight to make if UFC wants to you know, really rake it in. This is, you got to make this fight before 2019. There's a lot of possibilities after this fight happens. Let's talk about this one right now. I want to see it happen. Um, it, it's just a match made in heaven. It's a match made in the octagon. They need to happen. All right. So breaking down the top five fights you want to see before 2019, we have Diaz versus anyone. At four, you have a light heavyweight resolution. Three, Cyborg versus Nunez. Two, Jones versus USADA. And one, Connor versus Khabib. And as I just said earlier, I think that Conor versus Khabib, I think everyone is just waiting with bated breath to see what's going to happen. And you think maybe we could see something tomorrow? Uh, what do you think could happen tomorrow? I know you already mentioned it, but could you go in a little bit deeper about what you think we might be able to see sometime soon? So just based off what I'm seeing on social media, Conor's in New York training. Uh, maybe he's doing some of that community service he had to do. I don't know. Khabib has been around the States a lot. He's had teammates fighting. He's had, I, I think his brother or one of his cousin or something has recently fought in PFL or he might be fighting tonight in PFL actually. Um, but you've got, he, you got Khabib around, you got Connor around. They already said they're going to do a press conference for um, Woodley versus Till. If they team that up with a Connor versus Khabib press conference, that one, not only does, does that bring more eyes to, you know, the, the, the entire UFC fight, this 227 fight, it brings eyes to the next pay-per-view because then you see Woodley and Till. You know, I'm sure, you know, I, could, I, I can't imagine Connor and Woodley not going back and forth on each other just, just for being in the same room because they're both, you know, very confident fighters. Uh, and then again, I, I, I mentioned this even last week, the promo's been cut. Connor made the promo video a few months ago when he threw a dolly through the window. So that's, that's, that's accounted for. That's ready to go. Um, I think we could either see a press conference between those guys or we at least get like a trailer of, Hey, this is, this is what's coming. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hopeful that that is what we'll see. Um, but it's just, there's two, if it's going to be October 6th, they got to start talking about it now two months to prepare maybe a, a world tour where they, they maybe stop Russia, Ireland, New York, Los Angeles, you know, doing, doing the press conferences that it needs to be done. That'll build it up. That'll, that'll sell it. I mean, this is a card again that, I think could be the number one, you know, UFC pay-per-view card ever. For sure. So before we finish up episode three here, we have UFC 227 coming up this weekend at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. And how many fights are you going to be predicting here for UFC 227, Scott? I'm only going to do three. Um, I'm just, I'm going to be honest with this card. I will still watch it, but it's not the deepest card. There's not a lot of people who, namesake wise are really going to draw you into purchasing this. Um, I'll kind of break it down. There's one uh, and the one I'm going to bring in right now is, is one that I'm, I'm a little surprised when it comes to the odds. And that's, uh, I'm going to put it in Mr. Johnson's name, Masin Makano versus Cub Swanson. Um, he, Makano is a heavy favorite minus 400 Cub Swanson being a plus 325. Um, you know, Cub's kind of been that guy in the, in the featherweight division who continues to like kind of remain in, you know, like t the top five rankings, he's, he's beaten a lot of guys that have, that have kind of just lingered around the top 10, but never really can, can get to that championship fight. Um, I know he's a lot smaller in this fight, but you know, I'm, I, I just, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what the, 
what, what exactly they're seeing. Because, I mean, if you look at Cubs last couple fights, I mean, obviously, you know, a loss to Ortega, which, you know, is to be expected because, uh, you know, Ortega's going into the title fight. A loss to Frankie. Again, Frankie is a perennial just number like one guy in the in the featherweight. Being a Duho Choi, you know, beating guys like Jeremy Stevens, beating guys like Dustin Poirier when he was in the featherweight. He, he, I just, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what they, now this guy, you know, who, I'm, I'm mispronouncing his name and it's bugging the hell out of me. Makano with the, you know, he's, he's undefeated. He's got the one, no contest. He, he has had, you know, his, his last couple wins beating a Jeremy Stevens. He, you know, they've been impressive wins. I'm, odds are this heavily stacked in his favor. Uh, for whatever reason, my gut's telling me Cub. Um, so I, I'm going to pick Cub. Uh, this, I may get burnt hard on this one, but I'm going to pick Cub. I'm going to take Cub in a decision. Uh, the next fight I'm going to take, and these are just going to be title fights at this point, um, Demetrius Johnson versus Henry Cejudo. So uh, I there's two things pick-wise that I'll, that I'll really never do. And one of them is never pick against Chris Cyborg. And number two is never pick against Demetrius Johnson. Um, Demetrius Johnson is unstoppable in the flyweight weight class. He is undeniably just like everything he does. It's just like a full perfection of, of what mixed martial arts is. He's well-rounded across the board. No one has really even fought him in the flyweight division and even like look like they were going to win the fight. He's had good fights with Joseph Benavidez, his first, but still clear wins. His last fight against Henry Cejudo, he punished him with knees and knocked him out. He had the most impressive submission of Ray Borg I've ever seen in his last fight. He's just a freight train. He's unstoppable. He's very, very good. And, I, you know, it's a shame that, I mean, they, they, they push him. He gets pay-per-view points. But I just, for whatever reason, the, the smaller weight classes never seem to sell as well. And I, it's a shame because we're really watching. You know, I talked last week about DC being my goat right now. But, you know, if DC's my goat. He's goat 1A, and Demetrius Johnson, if he isn't, you know, he's 1B or very close to because he's got the most title defenses in a weight class at 11. This will be 12 if he wins. He's again, he's just never looked, he's never looked flustered in a fight. He's never like he he wasn't going to win it. So I I, I got to give it to give it to him on this one. I'm going to probably say, I mean, he's going to get, and again, I'm going to back up. Henry Cejudo is an accomplished wrestler, an Olympic gold medalist, a good fighter. He's handled a lot of guys he's fought against recently, but. You know, Demetrius Johnson is just Demetrius Johnson. I just don't see that happening. So um, I'm going to take Demetrius Johnson. I'm going to go second round. I'm going to go second round TKO in this fight. All right, now to the big one. Um, TJ Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt. They they fought uh, in the in the New York card back in December. Um, Cody was the champion at the time, undefeated. There was a, there's a whole lot of smack talk between these guys. These are former teammates. Dillashaw left the team. They call him a snake. You know, they, they hate him. Uh, they go into this fight. First round's a tough, you know, first round's really, really close. Feeling each other out. Cody gets a couple good shots, knocks him over. They'll say TJ saved by the bell. I'd agree, but he was definitely all there. He walked away. He wasn't out on the ground or anything. Um, we go into the second round and Dillashaw comes out all pressure, you know, just, just starches him, just beats the hell out of him and he gets the win. And, uh, you know, the problem I'm having with this fight is, Going into the last card, it was all this shit talk. You know, Cody was saying he knocked him out in practice. You know, he was so much better than him. Well, then D, when it mattered, TJ handles him and knocks him out. And then Cody comes up, comes back, leading up in this fight, and it's just every excuse in the world. I had that. I had back problems. I had a kid on the way. You know, I understand. I, I can. I don't 
know that feeling of all those things, but you know, TJ Dillashaw also just had, had just had a kid. If you're having back problems and you're a champion and you know you're not going to be at your your prime, you know you, you you hold off on the fight because there's a huge difference in pay between being a champion and not a champion. So I just the, the excuses are are, what, are what's questionable and it's almost like his mind's not right. I it's a close fight odds wise, but I I think Dillashaw is is for sure the favorite. Um, I'm uh, we went with a knockout last time. I think with Dillashaw in this fight, I'm gonna we're gonna see him go championship rounds. I'm gonna say a third round submission on this fight. Uh, I I right now Dillashaw just looks complete. He looked very complete against Cody. Um, he's been on a on a tear in the bantamweight division since he even won the original title. Um, when he lost the title, he lost it to Dominic Cruz by a split decision, which questionable split decision at that. Um, and since then, he's beaten the likes of Rafael Sunsal, John Lineker, Cody Garbrandt. Those are those are the who's who of the top five. Um, I, I just I think after last after last fight it showed that he was the superior fighter. Um, so I think it's going to be Cody. I'll go third round submission or not Cody. Sorry, I think it's going to be TJ and I'll go third round submission. All right, so your three picks for UFC 227, you have Swanson in a decision, you have DJ in a second-round TKO, and you have Dillashaw in a third-round submission. So, let's see. What do you think? you got your 8-3. and three. You think you're going to go 11-3, and three, or you think – are you worried about any of these picks? Um, yeah, well, I can already – I hate to be the one to say it, but I think we can already mail in the DJ fight. There's no way he loses that fight. Um. Other than that, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm taking a risk on the, again, on the, taking a pretty big risk on the Cub one when it, from, from what, at least what Vegas is telling me. But, you know, I, I, I've, I've always been impressed with Cub. I mean, maybe it's an age thing. Maybe it's a size thing that I'm not seeing, but because they're both there. I mean, Cub's a little older. He's a little shorter. But, he, you know, he, outside of when he fights Frankie and outside when he fought Max, he's always looked pretty good to me. So, you know, I, I, that's that's my only question one, and I have a lot of confidence in TJ. I, I definitely think that TJ is going to be the bandway champion for a couple years. I think he's just he's hit his stride, and I don't know if he ever really lost it, but just you know, I mean, ever since he won that title, he's just been kind of on a roll. And even that split decision, which is a very you know controversial loss, if you watch that fight, you can really go either way. Um, I just I think he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna continue to roll. He's gonna continue to be a pretty dominant champion. I'd love to see him run it back with Cruz, but uh, let's let's focus on Saturday and we'll go from there. All right, so that'll conclude episode three of In the Cage with Scott and Zach. And again, just to reiterate for you guys out there listening, we are on Pocket Cast, we're on Google Play, we're on Spotify, and as Scott mentioned earlier, we're waiting to see if we're going to go ahead and get on iTunes. That can take quite a long time. So, Scott, any final words you have before we move on to next week? Not much. Just if you're listening, thank you. Um, we're going to continue to try to grow this. I'd like to kind of bring on somewhat of a social media presence, get my picks on there, um, as well as just, you know, getting on a, a few more platforms. Zach said we're, we're striving for iTunes. We've got some, some – we've got some – you know, we finally got the cover art that was holding us back. Shout out to Matt Elder. We'll be moving this on. And uh, thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening. This has been In the Cage. Make sure to tune in next week as Scott and I will recap 227 and look around the UFC. And hopefully we have some Connor and Khabib news for you. So thank you for listening. Hope you find us again. Cheers.